girls, movie mogals. Cassie and Al, we're gonna be your movie mogals. Well, hey, you know what I was thinking? What we could, she should tell our internet audience lovers is that um, we are gonna have high spoilers oh, at yeah, all times. There's always gonna be spoilers. Here's the thing, audience. You're supposed to be doing the homework assignments with us. That's why we give you two fucking weeks. <laughs> also, we're bad at trying to keep up and watching two movies in two weeks because I crammed these in in two days. Oh, my God. Oh. Procrastinator. <laughs> I did. I did. I literally finished Nocturnal Animals last night at 1030. <laughs> I don't know if that was a good one to fall asleep to. I mean, I'm going to be Cassie. honest. I thought it was going to be really great, and I was kind of disappointed in it. Oh, really? I thought yeah. it was really great. I was not disappointed at all, but it yeah. was nothing that I thought it was going to be. I think that's why I was disappointed. But You yeah. know what? We might as well start with that one, because I think last week we flip-flopped, actually, because I started first, and then you uh-huh. we ended with the apartment. Right, so we could start with uh, nocturnal animals. Oh, but really fast, guys. In case you are just figuring it out, we're talking about two movies that we watched. <laughs> she told Cassie, the lovely Cassie Lambert, Hi. told me to watch. <laughs> told me to watch Nocturnal Animals. <laughs> and, <laughs> not, and not a great, not a great one to open with, man. This week has been dark. <laughs> yeah, because then um, I, Allison Logan, I told Cassie to watch Dear Evan Hansen. Of which I thought was going to royally suck, but, you know, I have a lot of things to talk about with that one, too. Oh, sure. But <laughs> the through line for both of us is the wonderful, ultra-talented Amy Adams. Yes. Who is marvelous in almost everything I've mm-hmm. seen her in. She's lovely. But... Cassie, take us on a rough synopsis of Nocturnal Animals. Well, it stars the lovely Amy Adams, who is a museum curator of the weirdest modern art I've ever seen. And um, oh, it's, it's jarring. It will jar it you. In fact, Especially the opening. The opening scene is jarring, but um, it, she's a museum care, uh, curator. And she is living with her husband, who's, what is his name right now? Army Hammer. And they're, I feel like they're kind of estranged, and he's off doing some business stuff. And she gets this, like, book manuscript in the mail called Nocturnal Animals that's written by her ex-husband, who is Jake Gyllenhaal. And I think he's very cute in this movie. <laughs> He does a good job. Yeah, I'm never attracted to him. I don't actually think he's particularly handsome either, but this movie he was. Right, with the beard more than anything else. But most of the, it's pretty much the movie is she is reading this manuscript that her ex-husband has sent her. And it is a darker, crazier kind of thing than he's ever written. It's a thriller. And most, it's, it's a neat movie on the fact that the, um... Most of the movie's plot is in within the book of Nocturnal Animals, um, which is about pretty much any, I would say, early 2000s, late 90s thriller. Guys 
wife and daughter gets abducted in the middle of the night while in the middle of Texas highway. Um, they get killed. He's on a revenge mode. I mean, that that's pretty much the whole book. But it blips in and out of Amy Adams thinking about her life with her ex-husband and what went wrong. And is she happy with her life now? And and that, that's pretty much it. Um, it's a yeah, weird movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, um, I, I thought it was um, kind of what we were talking about, about if we weren't, if we can't be a true crime podcast, then this is like a good uh, middle ground because this felt like a, I was watching a true crime movie mm-hmm. more than I thought this was going to be like a drama or like a romantic something or like a thriller. And then when it was it started, I was like, oh, what am I watching? <laughs> um, I wrote so many notes. <laughs> I've written a lot of notes. Let's talk about that opening scene. That's a TikTok thing people are reacting to. What what thing? There, okay, the opening scene. If you haven't seen Nocturnal Animals, you didn't do your homework, so you're fired. Oh, are you talking about the naked? Yeah, all the lovely oh, yeah, yeah. Um, plus-size ladies, which I am a plus-size lady. But still, like the way they moved was very uncomfortable. I don't understand modern Actually, art, but wow. Yeah. I actually, there was one of my notes. I'm looking at my papers and I wrote, any normal art in this gallery? Question mark. <laughs> I think this gallery that she's running is just like a bunch of this crazy modern art, which I've never been able to appreciate personally. I like a modern art when it at least has some kind of uh, aesthetic pleasing quality. But if it's just like to shock and it's not even that good being shocking, then forget it. Because, okay, so the opening scene is these like, Cassie was saying plus size ladies dancing kind of in a bizarre manner. But for me, that didn't make me uncomfortable. What made me uncomfortable was that they're fully naked. I don't know. Like it would be different if their junk, if everyone's junk is covered, <laughs> but like Vagina is, I was, is out there. Yeah, <laughs> I was just trying, out there. Yeah, there's just something about I actually would full feel bush that is weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, but even if it was like a skinny waif of a Kate Moss, I would be uncomfortable. I, I just don't think I don't know. It just it's just a lot. I don't know. I've been to live theater where they they show you the vagina and the old cockroach. <laughs> oh, that's that's cock. I just thought of it. <laughs> the cockroach. I want to call it that. Now. You're always like, was this necessary? Did this further the story? Did you just try to shock us? And most of the time, sadly, the answers are, yes, I just tried to shock you. It wasn't necessary. It didn't further the story. See, here's the thing. I kept thinking, I thought this was going to be a completely different movie with a serial killer with the way it opened. Because, like, maybe he's targeting weird ladies or some kind of trafficking situation. I don't know. But it, there was never a callback to it. Just like, this is the movie, but this opening scene was a shock for no apparent reason. But remember, oh, yeah, yeah. it is directed by Tom Ford, who is a fashion designer. <laughs> so he oh, is a little key. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, midway through the movie, after some shit has already gone down, she, like, is in her gallery, and there's, like, a... Speaking of bison, <laughs> buffalo, oh, yeah. there's like a buffalo in glass, but it's like kind of gravity. It's like it's kind of floating 
Oh, he's like the glass. And a, yeah. Yes. And there's a, like a million arrows going through the poor creature's body. And I still know, I mean, I guess that probably has to represent something um, with hunting. Speaking of which, did you see the picture in the background, which has like the dude hunting the other dude? And that's in her house. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was actually, uh, I actually turned, I watched this with my boyfriend, Michael, and I said, Michael, how would you feel if I brought this painting home? Dear, I spent about 20 grand today because they're that rich in this movie. They're, they're so rich, she has a guy read to her a letter. The, yeah, yeah the, read uh, this, please. I'm so sorry, my tired eyes. They're too rich to, to, to read your peasant words and letters. She got a paper cut and it's like, <laughs> oh, I can't read it, my finger. I mustn't, I mustn't. But, like, if you're that rich and, like, you're picking that painting out, I mean, the likelihood, you know, they were doomed. She doomed yeah. them. She came home with that one day, and he goes, mm, <laughs> "We gotta talk." I, mean, I know, I know you're a great French kisser. I know you make a mean smoothie in the morning, but the guy killing the other guy. Why? Why'd you do it? I don't, I don't know. I don't understand her taste. And yeah, you could have picked Georgia O'Keeffe. You could have picked. Uh, see, oh. that's that's a feminist photo. Um, that is. I don't know uh, why I said Georgia O'Keeffe. Georgia O'Keeffe is fine. We can have vagine flowers everywhere. Right, right. We don't need yeah. to have the... Well, well, of course, I think it was supposed to show something to do with, like, the animalistic nature of humans, because... This book is like a revenge book, I think, towards her because he's got some serious problems with her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what is neat, I think, is, which I probably have to rewatch it. I know there's some symbolism I'm missing there. But in the book, the family, the dad literally is Jake Gyllenhaal and her ex-husband is also Jake Gyllenhaal. So it's the same guy playing two different people, kind of. Yeah. But he has also made it where um, in the book, Isla Fisher, who looks just enough like Amy Adams, and then a daughter who's a redhead, which I think she's got a daughter later. I don't know if that's real. She does. I don't know if that's real. Oh, right, right. I thought that too. I was like, is she. Is she conjuring this up? Is this like a hallucination? Well, she is drinking a lot. She's drinking. She doesn't sleep. She's never really slept. And I guess her ex-husband used to call her a nocturnal animal. Hence the name of the book. But I think he's he wants to... I don't know if he's saying to her that she killed him when they inevitably broke up. Because uh, she they say she aborted his kid. I don't know if the adult... What you didn't get? Oh, that. yeah, no, we we did we did get that. But here's the thing: I think that okay, so that's that's a beef of the movie, because we were actually debating whether or not the girl in the flashback or present day when she's talking to her daughter on the phone, if she was in real life or just her imagination, if she actually killed her, or if that's what she was going to do and she never did it, mm-hmm. or if it was baby number two. Mm-hmm. With her current husband. See, I went on a dive on the internet, and those are all <laughs> different theories. Because I was like, if I had an abortion, then that's either a 
daughter, but they've been divorced for an eight, nine, was it eight, 19 years, and it takes a year to make a human. So I'm like, that could be her at first husband's, and she just didn't get rid of it. So, because yeah. we don't, I mean, she, but she does say the words, she killed this child, which it's like, you feel bad about, here's the thing, this character I don't particularly care for in general. I don't feel bad for her whatsoever. Oh, yeah. And can I just say, she, I wrote this, this is in my notes. Mm-hmm. You're going to love it. Wait, I, oh no, I've already lost it. <laughs> Makeup, red lip and black eyes. Really? <laughs> Sorry, because I know uh, all you females out there. We've been uh, as a as a we last. I was told if you want to intensify and focus on your lip, then you do a neutral eye. Mm-hmm. Clearly, clearly. And if you and if you want a smoky, intoxicating mm-hmm. cat eye, mm-hmm. you do a beige. You do a beige. You cannot be walking around like a flipping circus clown. <laughs> Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Every scene, she had bright magenta ruby lips and then like crazy, smoky, crazy eyes. And I thought and nobody taught her. Nobody taught her. It wasn't even a good smoky eye, though. It looks like, uh, you know, your first attempt of trying to do a smoky eye and then you realize I don't have the talent nor the eye shape for this. And it's just smeared. Yeah, and it's just smeared to shit. Because <laughs> that's what it looked like the whole time. And the part that killed me on that is that Tom Ford also has a makeup line. Oh, wow. A very expensive makeup line, but a makeup line. Maybe they're trying to show us that when you're so rich and also kind of broken inside, you just mm-hmm. keep putting things on to cover up. Like mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, like... In, in, I'm, I'm getting real heavy with this. Mm-hmm. Listen to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's because she was so depressed. She kept putting on more black eyeliner. Oh, um, <laughs> Someone who has depression, the last thing you want to do is put makeup on your damn face. <laughs> I, you know, can I tell you something? This is a sidebar, but I think it really needs to not be edited out. Alex, here it is. Um, there's this, okay. Short story, short, 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 short. Um, in an old school of mine, this lady used to wear bright red lipstick. You know, this is before COVID era sadnesses. And she and she looked so beautiful. And I was like, wow, that red lipstick always looks so good on you. And she goes, you want to know why I wear it? And I'm like, why? And she goes, well, the days that I don't wear it, people are going to start wondering if I'm feeling sick. And then it will make psychologically... It will make them think that I am sick. Therefore, when I actually take off sick, it will be easy because I've been sick. <laughs> so guess what? Nowadays, I just started a new place. I'm not going to say where. <sighs> but I've started wearing. Can, okay, people, you cannot see me on, <laughs> I can on see the you. video. But <laughs> I am wearing Wet n Wild Liquid Blue eyeliner yes i look garish yes i look like i'm from a gem in the hologram remake yes i look like an 80s harlot but the second i want off (laughs) i'm going to not wear it and see if it works i i have faith in this i think it could work as a pale person when i used to wear my makeup all the time all the time before covid um the one day you decide it's too damn early, I'm not putting this on. Everyone thinks you're sick, so it's gonna work. Yes, yeah, it's gonna work. It 
Because you're also, already pale. Also, there's like a hidden bonus I didn't realize, but I work with like two-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And so when, when they get really close to my face, especially the little girls, they just are – the more shit you can do to like distract them – into anything, the more they're like just hypnotized by you. And you want them to be hypnotized because otherwise they're complaining about what toy they don't have or why won't this person share with me with this. (laughs) So um, moral of the story, don't procreate. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Amy Adams' character took your advice, and I don't think that daughter's real personally. Because she's been having hallucinations this whole time. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. I don't I just, I don't feel like this character was a great character whatsoever. But I don't think she's supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's not, like, a lot of redeeming qualities. No. I just uh, thought, this, I thought this movie was kind of slow. And I was and I was bored. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I I would have to say no and no. Really? I did not. No. Yeah. I wrote so many notes. But I think it's just because I also really like Michael Shannon, and he plays the investigator. Oh, he, was, he was great. And well, but like so that so okay so the flashbacks. There's this awful scene. Uh, I mean, again, we don't want to give anything away, but you should have done the homework assignment then. So you fail. If okay, you didn't just, watch there's, there's going to be spoilers, but, so. But, like, the scene where, like, they initially are in the car and they get, like, pulled over. Um, man, I was just, like, riveted in my seat. My one complaint, I did write this down. And I'm not trying to sound like a dumb blonde, which I'm not even blonde anymore, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of when flashbacks and present day aren't properly uh, entitled. Like, I don't need it to say 1994 and then present day. I don't need it to say that. But then usually if it doesn't, they'll cast different people, like a younger version. In this movie, Jake Gyllenhaal is still Jake Gyllenhaal. Amy Adams is still Amy Adams. So, like, when they did have the flashbacks of when they were married, Sometimes they would come with, like, no warning, and then there was, like, nothing to uh, decipher, differentiate present day to the past. And so I I was annoyed by the flashbacks. I mean, I I normally love flashbacks. I just, in this movie, if they're not going to cast new people, then at least write, like, five years earlier or whatever, you know. I I think what he was trying to do, though, because if you look in the flashback scenes, um, uh, Amy Adams' character, when present day Amy Adams, has her long, very sleek, well kept no, hair. I know, and I know. no makeup. Too, I she know, has makeup on, but it's too subtle. I know. I just complained about her makeup for five <laughs> minutes. She's literally wearing no makeup though when she's with <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. I guess, but they gave her nothing in between. She went from like. Pale, because she's a pale beauty, but she has no eyelashes like the rest of the pale people with no eyelashes. And then she has, like, panda eyes. So we get to know panda eyes or naked face. We get nothing. Okay, I guess. Except at the end where she goes to meet him, and she looks pretty there. And he's a douche, and he 
scans her up. No, but he did exactly what he wanted to. That was like a slow burn. That was like, uh, what do they say? Revenge is best served in a dish that is cold. I did read another because I went a little too far because I started trying to figure out was the daughter real or not. And the next thing you know, you've read like five different theories. Yes. Um, sorry, the cat just came in. Um, th- there's a theory that this whole damn thing, including the book and everything, is made up. That it's all her imagination? Yeah, all in her imagination. And that her husband actually, like, um, he killed himself. After oh. back and you know way back, how many years ago? Is right what 19, 18, 19 years ago, and then she's just doing this to kind of cope because her current marriage is falling apart because Army Hammer is cheating on her. Right, but like there's nothing in the plot or even in like foreshadowing or even like really really detailed subtext. If we like took this to a microscope, I bet you money Tom Ford or even the writer of it would say. No, it's some of, I mean, it, it yeah. can't all be a fabrication because that is a lot. And they didn't ever give us any indication of that. No, I don't. I, I mean, I guess you could kind of, it was a, one of the ones that was more of a, a loose theory. The only thing that supports it is that she never sleeps and she's hallucinating every once in a while. But she's always never slept. So it's not like it's a new thing for her. She's just an insomniac. That's her whole thing. I think it was just a revenge movie. Yes. And there's even that hokey. I wrote that revenge painting. I hate it. There's. Oh. Is this. Here's the problem with modern <laughs> art. Speaking <laughs> of modern art. Well, it's like. Um, when. When did it become okay. For someone to. Have like a canvas. That's totally blank. Like white or black. And then just write the word revenge across it in like different uh, variations of like each letter. When did it, and then that's like a million dollars. So when did that happen? Because like, I'll put the money in my pocket. I'll do that for free. Honestly, the last time I was at the art museum, okay, now this was like 11, 12 years ago. So it's been a bit, but when I was at the art museum in Chicago, in the, in the modern art section, there was two paintings that really irritated me. There was one that was just gigantic on a giant canvas, and it looked like, you know, you get bored in school and start doodling all over your notebook? Sure. <laughs> that was it. There was, like, stars and hearts and, like, a stick figure, and it was bad. And then there was this other one, and I thought it was just a blank canvas. But no, no, that's actually part of the thing. On the blank canvas that's painted white... As another slightly off-white concentric circle. I don't know what it symbolized. I didn't care. I was irritated. It's like um, <laughs> it's like an egg, and then the other part of the egg. It's like the membrane. It's a membrane, and the. I'd have been happier if it was a splattered egg yolk. You know what I mean. You know, you know, all the art people that are going to listen to this podcast are going to be like, oh, they just don't know. They're just not educated. And and then explain, I'll... explain. Send me what these mean to the email at moviemotels yeah. at gmail.com. Okay? Tell me what these mean because I have no idea. I mean, well, I was a real problem. I think that they're not supposed to mean anything. I think that we're supposed to make <laughs> up 
blah, blah, blah. Our but imaginations are supposed to take us away. But you see, I like to be taken away to a place that's going to lead me halfway there. You don't have to lead me the whole way there. But if I can get like a, I, I really kind of enjoy all like the, all the modernistic or like, you know, uh, I don't, gosh, God, God help me if I can think of one of the kind of paintings, you know, <laughs> but like when it's like a little girl and she like kind of looks like she just smelled a fart, but then like, but then there's like a table to her right and you're like, huh, what's on the table? It's her homework assignment, but she didn't do her homework assignment. She wrote in her journal how much she hates her mother. Oh, my gosh. Why does she hate her mother? Her mother's fucking the milkman. And, you know, and then this is where my mind goes to. And that's healthy. That's great. I, I, want, I want something that will lead me. I'm a horse. Lead me to the water. Maybe. Don't just make me suck up sand. You know? I mean, I feel like I was sucking up sand this whole movie. Apparently, you were letting water. <laughs> <laughs> and I picked this movie out. I thought I was going to dig this movie, like, hardcore. And I was like, no. I <laughs> loved it. <laughs> but I will say, I, I, don't, I didn't love it enough where I don't know if I would watch it again. Mm -hmm. So that, that says a lot. So I thoroughly enjoyed it, but I would not, like, own it or watch it again. I did write in big, bold letters, imagery. <laughs> oh, the whole thing is just a giant symbol. It kind of reminded me if um, Baz Luhrmann wasn't so into, like, uh, music. And, uh -huh. and, like, if, like, if it was, it's he's, like, a muted um, beige Lerman. version of Baz Luhrmann. Because he's more like a gray and black. Gray. Because Baz yeah. is more, like... Red neon. and violets and neon. neon. Because yeah. I love Moulin Rouge. It's a shitty oh, yeah. movie. But I love that movie. <laughs> I, I love that movie. It's but, so funny. Maybe but, later. <laughs> yeah, like, um, definitely, it's like, okay, when when uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character finds his wife and child after, like, there's oh. this awful, oh. awful, awful scene. Like, actually, I was writing, I, I couldn't stop watching the screen during like the actual assault attack part because it was like very reminiscent of like the Manson family, which I mm. think is, mm. is the most hideous evil. Like, you know, we all know this. Mm -hmm. This is nothing new to, but, but it was just it like kind of hit me like, wow, like what, what should he have done? And then you think like, well, what would you have done? And all these things. And like, there's no way, that they could have gotten out of that without the way that it worked out. Like, mm -hmm. like, cause sometimes I think like, Oh, why didn't she do that? Why didn't she run here? But like really the two women were kind of screwed from the get go. Yeah. Cause they kidnapped them in their own damn car. <laughs> yeah. It makes it, it makes for a pretty hard situation. I mean, well, so then he, he has this rough night and he actually survives which is amazing because sometimes, you know, people are not that lucky. Mm -hmm. And uh, when they finally find, when, when like days and days and days later or whatever, they finally find them, it's like very, that, that is like you lose your, I went, oh, I did like that. <laughs> that, <wasn't even laughs> that like the frame of when he sees them, they find them. It's sad because he was just there because the dude, 
what happens is these guys, they pretty much play chicken with his car and they run into the back of him and they're like, oh, we're going to fix your, uh, we're going to fix your tire. Well, they, they do, but then they kidnap his wife and his uh, teenage daughter and they, they do whatever they did to them. And he, they drive him off to die somewhere. He sneaks off and then he, um, and finally makes it to a cop, cop place, police officer. <laughs> <laughs> police station place yes uh to a police station and they end up finding them and they're on this like really pretty velveteen couch in the middle of nowhere it's like rich red it's a beautiful and they're both beautiful pale red-headed ladies which i might add both of them great little butts on them isla fisher great little booty on her that's what they that's like the first thing you see is their naked dupas yeah, but it's done tastefully where I didn't see any of the anything. Just a nice little booty. Yeah. But very shocking. And I remember when I saw that, I was shocked. I, I felt like... <gasps> yeah, I was still in it. I'll be honest. I liked more of the movie that was the book than the actual, like, real-life events around the movie. Oh, that might be true of me, too, though, actually. I think a lot of that was Michael Shannon, who plays the investigator. But a lot of it was just because I think it was more intriguing and better acted after after we watched this movie i was so interested in whoever played the head charles manson type guy mm, with the long hair he was up for a golden globe for this and i actually think i actually feel like he may have even possibly won it i can't remember i i should have written that down but like very talented guy and like i could i could see them redoing things with him oh i did write something down about this section of the movie though okay it's dorky it's very true crime problem for me Mm -hmm. it says no in big bold caps no way would they have jake gyllenhaal in the same room with the four suspects to id them Uh uh-uh not not to their face no that's exactly what they do in this movie, though. Yeah, no, because they don't even like to do those lineups anymore. They would do yeah, it with photos. Uh, yeah. They don't even like to do that because you can confuse it, and it's suggestive. Yeah, because if you've seen a picture of this person mm-hmm. ever in your life, and you could recall that without realizing that that's what you're doing. Yeah, because your your brain's going, oh, well, he had long, dark hair and a mustache. Well, I seen this guy at the co- coffee shop earlier, but it's not the same guy. Right. They just have the same hair. If you're even in the lineup and this guy doesn't pick you, you could still be pissed that you are called in at all. And so then isn't there any kind of fear, trepidation that maybe they're going to retaliate on Jake Gyllenhaal? He's not protected. He has well, no please. Yeah. So that's, that's why it should be behind the glass or with photos, glass. like old or old perp photos because most of the time they're bringing in guys that already have a rap sheet, so they have a photo of when they were last in. Uh-huh. So there are some issues with the true crime part, but you know, whatever. It's a movie. It's a book yeah. written by some dude, actually. But um, I mean, I thought her performance isn't um bad performance. No, Amy Adams is still really good in it but I, I i think the part of the movie that really got me was like the um the parts that are the true crime parts <laughs> i mean her character isn't i would i mean she's a lead but in my head she's really and jake gyllenhaal is more of the lead one of well 
one of the Jake Gyllenhaals, let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is, like, I guess now that I think about it, the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking, like, okay, so there's also this pretty good scene. It's kind of short. It's with Laura Linney, who is amazing. Oh, it's kind of went away. Yeah, when the mom is just like, <laughs> don't marry him. You're, you're just like me. You're not going to be happy. And then, of course, Amy Adams is, like, young and rebellious and he's a know, writer and he's and, and, so, and so like she's like I don't believe in you and then like with all these flashback scenes of her and Jake Gyllenhaal when they're still married she's like she, she's pretty awful and she and she mm-hmm. basically says everything her mom said uh she would say yeah, because they're in a nice, I'm assuming it's an apartment, they're in the city, and it's a pretty good size, it looks like a good sized apartment, and she's just like, is this all you want for yourself on her fancy couch? I'm like, I, I just, yeah, I mean, if you got central air, I'm down, so <laughs> I don't care where I'm at, <laughs> at this point in my life. I don't, I don't know, the character of Amy Adams was insufferable, but, and cold, and just not a great person, but did she deliver it well? Yes, she did. Oh yeah, and that's that's the cool thing about Amy Adams. I think that she can go from playing like not a very cool, um, like you know, kind of, this 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 was more like uh she was, oh, what am I trying to say? She wasn't, yeah, she wasn't the lead by any means. Mm-hmm. She was just kind of the everyman that we saw the story through. Yeah, she's like the the storytelling device, kind of, sort of, kind of. But uh, she's, I think she's good at conveying more of, like, she's not, I don't even feel like she's really invested in her own life. Because even in the own movie, like, not in the movie, in, like, later in the movie, they're having some kind of meeting at the, um... Uh, the museum and they're saying oh you want to fire and so and so we're going to change this and we're going to change that and she just looks at him like what are you talking about so she's not even paying attention to really anything that's going on around her so this person like completely hollow right i get that but i kind of took that scene more like she was trying to change herself from what she thinks is correct Mm -hmm. but then like a little too late also like that's so confusing. I hate when people like just have keep changing their mind about things. Like I should talk. I'm the most indecisive <laughs> person I've ever met. But uh, I took it more like she was trying to better herself, like by giving someone another chance. I think she was just trying to change herself back into who she thought she was. Yes, but maybe that's a good thing because she was kind of a douche at that moment. Yeah, I mean. We only see her really crack, crack, like actually cry when it has to do anything with her ex-husband. Like, she literally hears the fact that her current husband, Army Hammer, of which I'm resisting so many jokes about Army Hammer right now. <laughs> I just figured out why, like recently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been known that for a bit. <laughs> um... She literally hears he's with another woman on a completely different floor, and she doesn't even call him out on it. She's just like, hope you get some sleep. You can tell she's irritated, but then she's just like, whatever, I'm going to read my weird murder book. Well, denial is uh, not just a river. <laughs> you are pretty good at getting them. I try, I try. I'm really good at figuring out what actor you're talking about. 
That's going to be all the time. So, <laughs> I mean, well, so, so it was a thumb up and a thumb down for me. But mm-hmm. for Cassie, it sounds like it was two thumbs down, yes? It was two thumbs down, but there was bits and pieces. Like, I can appreciate the symbolism. But I, I, <laughs> I roll. I'm I roll Patreon. Sorry, I roll. But I'm just saying, it was a little dry. I was led to a desert, personally. And I didn't, I didn't like what I found there. It was Dune, but without being cool. <laughs> there was no worm there for me. I, like, didn't mind it at all. But I guess the last, like, five minutes or so... Five minutes, I thought, this is a junk ending. But I think it's really hard to write a good ending. I know this because I'm a freaking writer, um, which I, I know it's like I, I, it's, I'm sure people are like, what have you written? Well, I've written my one-woman show many, many, many times. But I've also written other, like, shows and stuff. And writing an ending is just, it's become kind of, there's so much at stake that you don't know what way to go and to put like a ribbon on it. If you put too perfect of a ribbon on it, people are going to chastise you. And then if you put a ribbon that isn't like tied correctly or something, then they're still going to chastise you. So like there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's is what I'm trying to say. So he tried his very best to wrap it up the way he liked it. But personally, I was like, eh, that's how it ends. I remember thinking, that's how it ends. And then I turned, and then there was the credit. So I was like, <sighs> "That's how everybody reacted." I mean, the I first know. when I, when I seen it, I was also like, "Are you kidding me?" But I feel like leaving, as you say, the the ribbon untied for this movie is kind of like he got he got one final. He finally got like his one up on her. So it, it was a fitting, I feel like it was a fitting ending after thinking about it. Was it irritating as a person? Did you want to see them back together? A little bit. But does that make sense for the story? No. I was <laughs> like, I kind of was hoping that he would have gone there and just like, just totally rejected her immediately. Just been like, I'm sorry. I, I know that you think I'm coming here to rehash old memories and talk about my book, but I have no time for you. Ta-ta. For now. Because <laughs> he suddenly becomes Tigger. Uh, or Pig. When you <laughs> TCFN. Yeah, TCFN. Ta-ta for now. And then, and then he leaves. But I guess it's more fitting that, like, she's left wondering. And then, and then like, as you're wondering, you start getting lonelier and lonelier. And then more embarrassed. And it's, like, gross. Yeah. Maybe it was a fitting ending. I don't know. I feel like uh, by doing that, it was kind of like... He killed who he thought he, his wife was in the book. And then by leaving her there, it's kind of like saying, well, you're dead to me anyway. Oh, that was that was my thought. That's pretty hardcore. I know. God, I boys are the worst. <laughs> no, I am completely on his side on this one. She totally screwed him over. And I don't side with the men too much. I'm sorry. I know that's not what this podcast is about. But, but she was, but she was like young, and she didn't want to listen to her mother. Like she cheated like, on her husband, and then aborted his kid. I mean, they weren't very happy. I know, but I mean, I don't know. It's just the character never showed any redeeming qualities, except that I'm not going to do what mommy tells me to do because I don't want to be like mommy. 
Well, right, and that's and she very... probably should have just listened to mommy. <laughs> that's not a very good look on anybody. No, accept it. We all become our mother. Just deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Shall we go to movie two? Sure. This is. Hey, just for the record, next week our movies are funny. Oh, They're it's funny. funny. It's going to be a lighthearted romps in the sunshine. It's not going to be. But the last two last two episodes have been dealing with dark, evil, dark sadness, evil. and and, and suicide. Human suffering. Human suffering. Yes. Um, okay, well, I chose Dear Evan Hansen. Uh, <laughs> full disclosure, when I first watched it, I like, kind of picked it for with Julianne Moore in mind, but but the tie was Amy Adams, and I also felt that her performance in this movie was stellar because she's just an amazing actress. Yeah. Um, but, okay, so here's a, a rough synopsis. <laughs> so Evan Hansen is uh, at his school and he comes back from summer break with like a broken arm. And he says it's because he fell out of a tree and because mm-hmm. he was working at a forest preserve for the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes back to school. Apparent, this part of the movie does, is uncomfortable for me because I don't necessarily believe it. He has like no friends. I don't know how much I buy. He has zero friends. Now he has one fake friend. That is like a family friend, and they even like the the kid is like, "You're a family friend." Like, don't. I'm, I hated that guy. I hated that character. Well, he's it, trash. It's, it's rough to watch because in my head, I'm like, "Really, you're not his real friend? What other friends do you have? You don't look like you're a uh, freaking Rob Lowe over here." So let's be real. He's probably your only real friend too. Well, anyway, and if you um, grew up together. And your moms are friends. They're going to be relatively close. Right. Just like sometimes you just got to embrace what destiny has given you. And you get your Evan Hansen is not a bad kid. Anyway. Okay, so, <laughs> okay. so he goes back to school and it's like awkward. And he has his crush on this girl and she like doesn't really notice him because he's not very noticeable. He's, you know, and he's just very nervous. Okay. So then there's this other kid. Connor Murphy, and he is very uh, aggressively uh, rebellious. But I would say more just like, I don't think he's like, well, he, I, he does kind of fake attack Evan Hansen in the library. Uh, he's angry. He has he, his own de- he has his own depression issues, I feel. Because I it it doesn't just show as sadness. You can also just be angry all the time for no apparent reason. Oh, so, okay. So, dear, uh, so Evan Hansen goes to therapy and his therapist tells him to write himself a pick-me-up letter of to himself. So, so okay, so here's, it's not really a problem with the movie per se, but, like, that's a journal. Evan Hansen, <laughs> buy yourself a notebook Keep it under your bed. Keep it mm-hmm. under your pillow. Put it in your desk. You only live with your mom, right? Mm-hmm. But no. Then he decided to use his, uh, apparently his uh, study hall time. Not sure. And he's typing it in a computer and then prints it. And then Connor Murphy, the kind of thuggish, sad guy, finds it. And he takes it from him. 
Oh, and all before this, he like writes on Evan Hansen's cast his name. So now it says Connor. Well, anyway, so long story short, this unfortunate child who is very angry, he then commits suicide. We don't thank God they don't say how or why. I mean, we know why because he was so sad at the world and. That is uh, uh, so horribly, horribly sad. I, I, there is no words to describe how sad. But he, um, they basically they send uh, Evan Hansen into the office, where he sees Amy Adams and his whoever the the actor is not a known actor. He's playing the stepdad, and he um, basically they're like, Connor killed himself like last night and then of course Evan Hansen's like oh my god I'm so sorry and then they go well he had your note on him which only Evan Hansen knows that that note was written by himself for himself but it is addressed as if it was written for someone to from someone else so then this whole thing becomes this Oh, web of lies. It's really just a web of lies. He's a sociopath. Wow, that's strong. <laughs> he is a sociopath. I think he's also just a lonely little kid who's who like no one accepts. A little kid. He is twenty eight years old playing a seventeen year old. He's lucky jeans and also <laughs> they gave him a very unfortunate haircut in order for this to work. So bad. It's very like floppy, like it's like floppy, way too long, curly haired teenager hair. Yeah. He looks but, like he should be having a bar mitzvah soon. Yes, yes. Um, I mean, actually, that's more like thirteen. So yeah, oh, it he is. just had his bar mitzvah. But um, so so yeah, and so the mother who of Connor Murphy, Mrs. Murphy, is Amy Adams, and. Oh, she's so sad in it, but she's so good. There's so much. I think, like, for me, she's just so hopeful that, like, everything, this new character in their lives, she's so hopeful that everything that he says is going to be, like, magical. Because at this point, everything about her son is. That's all it can be. Because that's all she has, right? Yeah, she wants to know why. And, um... It sounds like her son Connor has been having issues. May I just have a little sidebar and say Amy Adams is the queen of cry acting. I swear to God. She's focused on this kid so hard because he's like the last, she thinks, the last link of why did my, why was my kid so upset? Why did he do this? Because they knew he had issues. He tried to do it before, apparently, and this time he was successful. Um, but, I mean... I get Evan was lonely and this was giving him a family, but it's a little creepy. It's just a little creepy, but I do say that first song in the whole movie is real catchy, and I listened to that on loop for, like, a couple hours. <laughs> I think it's catchy, but it's, like, I actually, my favorite song is Sincerely Me. Um, it's That's like, funny. It's, it's, when, it's, like, the only comedic moment in the whole movie, pretty mm-hmm. much. But basically, they he talks to the family friend about how, oh, no, now they think that we're friends. They're like, And then the, the family friend who's kind of mean is like, well, what are you going to do about it? Well, we have to make it seem like we're friends. So we have to start writing letters from different emails. And it's like, 
Very well done. Okay, when you say it like that. I mean, okay, I get it. He's this lonely, sad kid. His mom works all the time. But she, Julianne Moore is doing the best she can. She's a single mama. She is a nurse. And she's actually very supportive of her son who has not only depression, but some crazy social anxiety. And I think he's on three different medications. So, Jesus Christ. I'm only on one. (laughs) So, but... He's on the same med as me, and I was like, same Z's, but anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I know it makes him a sociopath, but also, how would it be to, like, tell, how would it, how awful would it be to tell a set of people, no, no, I'm sorry, you're right, your son didn't have any friends, I wasn't his friend either. That's the problem I did have with the movie, though. One of the problems is that, I can see why he'd be tempted to do so. And then he's so nice. Not nice. He's so like a, oh, he's like a doormat. Like a people pleaser. He wants people people to be happy. He doesn't want to be the cause of any of their hardship. So he doesn't want to add to that. I think he just wants it over. So he's saying like, well, if I say that we're friends and then they're going to leave me alone. So I can go back to being sad. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there's just one of the first scenes with Amy Adams and the family and oh also the girl that he has a crush on just happens to be Connor Murphy's younger sister so that is an added layer of onion and disgust <laughs> so it just makes it interesting they pigeonholed but, him though where he didn't have a choice kind of yeah and that was what I was about to say so like he's just sitting there eating this dinner and he's kind of like uncomfortable and it's clear because he's you know, doing the whole, like, my head's down, barely touching my food, blah, blah, blah. And then Amy Adams is, like, digging, digging, digging. And the the desperation of her, it, I got to say, I cried in this movie, like, 70% of the time. Was I, was I hungover? Yes. Was I already <laughs> emotional from the weekend? Yes. But was it because it was so good? Yes. Um, I, I, I don't know if I would cry as much again, but like certain points were just so like cathartically, bizarrely sad. Like, like when she is asking like, oh, the orchard, he took you to the orchard. And then like, and, and that just becomes so gross. How could she, how could he say no at that point? Mm -hmm. She was like feeding him all this information, which kind of reminds you of, uh, oh, the people that they pretend to be mediums and they, they just get all that information from somebody because they're so desperate. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. This yeah. character is so desperate, but you can't help. Well, of course, she's desperate. Her son killed himself. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and can you say no to Amy Adams' face normally? And in, in Nocturnal Animals with that eye makeup, I could. Uh, <laughs> in this movie, no. <laughs> right. I, they don't tell us why he ever really did it. I. Maybe because he felt separated from his family, but maybe that's because no one really knows particularly why somebody would do that. I mean, there's probably a slew of reasons that hopefully I will never feel or know and anyone that I love like that. But, I mean, if anyone that does feel like that, please try to get help. We can we can help. Other people can help. We can point mm-hmm. you in the right direction. But, um, I mean, but any direction is a better direction. I will. Will help you get to a direction. 
There's been there was like three points in this movie though that got me. One, the opening song was catchy, and I was like, God damn it, I like, I'm gonna like this movie, and I'm mad about it. Also, I listened to the lyrics, and that's kind of how I felt in high school. Two, there's that cute little smart chick. Oh I, yeah, and I swear to God, that was like very similar to how I felt in high school. It's like, well, everything I am is because I have all these great grades, and I and I do all these things and people know me because I'm the smart girl and all that and then when you when I lost it that's when I lost all well, I didn't lose it but like I didn't have that status anymore after high school so who the hell are you her, her character uh, name was Alana Beck Alana and me were kind of similar except for I do okay okay that is uh, I'm, that's I'm a little mad at her though <laughs> I was about to say so like she is an interesting character because she like is she shows us that she can be relatable and she's actually relatable to Evan Hansen and even Connor Murphy. Like she's relatable, but then like near the end, there's like this big thing where, where she's like, uh, she's not supposed to post basically what, 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 what was it? She wasn't supposed to post. Oh my gosh. I'm messing with this. Oh, up. she sends. Oh, the last note, the note, yeah. and 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 Evan Hansen shows it to her, and she, and he's like, "Please don't read it. No one can read it. Please." And she's like, "Okay." And then, like half an hour later, in her room on Insta, she sends it. <sighs> so this, the the, so the reason, so this movie is good, and even the, I saw the show live, the musical. And is also good. But there are some parts like, I don't know, I guess I just don't like social media. I love social media. But to make it this big of like a clincher in people's lives, it's just so sad. I I think it's, well, I don't want to be, I mean. Generation. We, we, got, we, we got a little bit of an age gap. But even between me and like what these kid, kids, kids. The, the age group of these people, these high schoolers, and me are big enough where it's like I didn't care about Facebook like that. We had MySpace, and I wasn't allowed on MySpace, and it didn't like circulate that quick. And Facebook was just starting, and even then, like you just posted your weird emo music lyrics, and then continued on with life. Like we didn't do all this like um, GoFundMe stuff, and like. Yeah. I mean, I've done some of that. I wish my shit would circulate. I'll say that. <laughs> I just, I don't think at that age, for me personally, well, we didn't have, so, well, we had cell phones, but they weren't great. <laughs> you had yeah. to pay to open. You had to pay to send. Okay, so let's get into the the nuts and bolts, the meat and the berries, the <laughs> the sand in the hourglass. Let's get to, okay. The there Evan Hansen in the tree. Oh yeah, well that's that's actually pretty sad because okay, that actually parlays into what I was going to say. <laughs> I didn't so do that on purpose. So that was great. Good job, <laughs> Cassie. Ten Thank points. You. you win. Yay! You win a slap bracelet. Okay. Hell yeah, those hurt. <laughs> they do. They do hurt. So, um, oh, so there's this pretty well acted scene actually between the two women, who are no strangers, uh, from working with each other. But uh, I can't remember the other movie they've been in, but they're so good together. Oh, they were just in that Netflix movie, The Woman in the Window or something. 
It's like yeah, a thriller. I didn't watch that yet. It's good. It's good. What I mean, yeah. Right yeah, and Julianne Moore. Yeah, holy crap. Um, well, She's so dope. Amy Adams and her husband, they're super rich. And throughout the movie, um, Julianne Moore and Evan Hansen, they're not. She's struggling. She's always like, she's a nurse. She's always picking up shifts. You know, he's he's like a latchkey kid, which to the younger audience members, that's basically like you're you're coming home alone. You might be home until home alone until like midnight. You don't know when your mom's coming home because she's working. So you have to get the dinner yourself, blah, blah, blah. So independent as fuck. So <laughs> anyway, so they're all sitting around, and it's like the first time uh, Julianne Moore is meeting uh, Connor Murphy's family. And so, of course, Evan Hansen's like, oh, my God, it's my civil wars. Worlds are colliding. You know, like it's because, uh, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, she doesn't know all the lies he's told. And certainly they don't know that all he's been telling is lies. And so they, but there's this, like, really um, well-acted scene where Amy Adams basically is like, well, Connor, we have money saved for Connor for college. Clearly, unfortunately, sadly, tragically, we cannot use it for him. We'd like to give it to you guys for college. And then, like, Julianne Moore is, like, so classy, but also very, like, just to the point, so assertive. Nope, we got this, but thanks. Nope, and and now we're gone. Bye. And, like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it is so well acted because then, like, Amy Adams tries to, like, step back a bit and be like, oh, no, but I didn't mean it like that. And she's like, okay, well. This is how I'm taking it. Thank you. And it's like super uncomfortable. Well, then they go back home and Evan Hansen's like, remember, remember when I said I fell out of the tree? I didn't fall. You know, which definitely the implication is, you know, he jumped out of the tree. Julianne Moore sings this song. I actually watched this. um, She, Jimmy Kimmel, like, interviewed her during this time and he was like how did auditioning for a musical go and she was like yeah it was scary it was awful and and you know she was like really worried about it and then she was like singing the song all over her house and uh, and her family would just keep saying uh you're really brave <laughs> her voice um, is surprisingly good um for what i, I thought it would be, it was like a normal, it wasn't like, with musicals, certain characters don't oh. have to be gorgeous, a gorgeous singer. I think it, well, it looked, what matched well. I was just surprised she sang better than I thought she would. Her voice in it is good in the sense that, like, she's not a singer. Mm-hmm. But, like, the reason why it was so good is because, like, it, oh, my God, I cried almost harder during that part mm-hmm. than the whole thing. Um, she emotes so much emotion. She's oh. also like, I, I'm, I'm a professional singer, though. I've been having a lot of vocal trouble recently, but uh, I'm a professional singer. And every time I've been asked to sing while crying, it's, it's oh. literally impossible. It's actually like one of the reasons why I hated American Idol for so long. Because like, here's what they did. Remember in American Idol, they'd be like, 
It's between Sally and our friend James. Sally, you're leaving us tonight now. Sing us the last song you sang. And then, yeah, and, then and you're like, like bawling. And you're bawling and you're like, and your your throat is literally closing up. You have no, no breath support, none, because it's all gone. You're 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 like catching your breath. You're like <laughs> anyway. Um and she does it. She uh-huh. does all of that while she's doing this. I am very interested. I should have did a, a bigger deep dive. I wonder if if certain people were really singing at certain times, because of course it's a it's a modern music movie musical, so you know they probably record the soundtrack separately mm-hmm. and then their lip syncing parts, well, whatnot. But I wouldn't be surprised to hear if she didn't, because it seemed too authentic and also like. It was also just not perfect, which is why I think that she's saying it live, like during that. Like, I think it worked well not being perfect because she uh-huh. is bawling. Oh my God. But and you like, can hear every word. You can. And but she cracks. Yeah. You know, it's in the it's perfect not spots. <laughs> It right. just sounds right. But right. I just feel like, oh, she's such a good mom. Oh my <laughs> she's God. She's trying her best. <sighs> The she doesn't time. understand. They cut. Okay, I was being weird and I was listening to the whole Broadway soundtrack. Oh yeah. And because um, I had a weird musical weekend, I watched this. Then I seen uh, West Side Story. It's not oh. bad. Yeah. So I've had two tra- soundtracks playing simultaneously. And there's a song in the Broadway musical, and it's like called "Map to You," and it it has both of the moms on each side singing. They don't understand what's wrong with their kid. They don't know how to talk to them anymore because they're both suffering with massive depression and issues there. And I feel like they should have put them in there. It would have totally helped more with the story. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. We would have got a little more of Julianne Moore's character. Amy Adams barely sings. And she has a nice voice. Yeah, she does. Have you seen it's Enchanted? <laughs> Which I almost chose. <laughs> I've seen parts of Enchanted. I've not seen uh, Enchanted. I changed my mind. <laughs> Let's go back and we have to watch Enchanted and have a part two. There are so many other Amy Adams movies that we could pick too. I like, uh, yeah. I don't want to watch American Hustle again. Oh, like, I don't. There's the Muppets movie. There's the uh, crap. The uh, Night at the Museum movie I could have chose. Uh, Enchanted, because oh, somebody wanted to watch Enchanted again. Alex? Yes. <laughs> oh, my word. Huh, those are some choices. <laughs> There's a second one coming out. So, I mean, Amy Adams can do a little bit of everything. Princess, sad lady who's ice cold. Oh, well, 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 Internet lovelies, this has been... You know what? This has been fun, but mm-hmm. next week we're going to have some real fun. It's going to be actually lighthearted fun movies. Next week we're seeing two movies I've never seen before, and I'm shocked to say I've never seen either. I'm shocked you haven't seen one of these movies. We've- uh, one of them I know quotes from, and then the <laughs> other one I tried to memorize a monologue from a long time ago. Wow. Uh, but I know that there's... So... So, Cassie, do you want to tell them what you want us to watch? Yes. Yes. We are looking at Sandra Bullock. Well, 
Sandra Bullock. Well, because she's got a new movie coming out that's like romancing the stone esque, and I really want to see that. Um, so I was thinking about her, and I chose uh, Miss Congeniality. Well, the movie I picked was Brrr, While You Were Sleeping. That sounds like a horror movie. Have you seen it? No. No, it's a it's a lighthearted rom com. I, oh, I, I know I know the gist, but I've never seen it. Well, Internet Lovelies, this was an amazing, amazing one. Yes. What are we on? Take three? Yeah. Movie Mogals. Movie Mogals. Cassie and Al, we're gonna be your movie mogals.